this small vessel disease is a common finding on MRI scans, particularly in the aging population, and can result in often subtle cognitive symptoms. But how does it impact the future risk of dementia? To help answer that question, I'm joined by Jonathan Tay, who's the lead author of a paper in this month's JNNP entitled Apathy But Not Depression Predicts All-Cause Dementia in Cerebral Small Vessel Disease. Jonathan's a member of the Stroke Research Group at the University of Cambridge, uh, and I'd like to wish him a very warm welcome. So thanks very much for, for joining me today on the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. So look, I might start by asking um, if you can, uh, you can start by telling us uh, why you chose to study the connection between apathy, cerebral small vessel disease and dementia. So the idea came from a confluence of a couple of recent trends in the literature. One was an increasing awareness of the contributions of small vessel disease to cognitive decline and dementia. And another was an increasing recognition of apathy as a very important symptom in small vessel disease patients. And on top of that, uh, previous work I'd done had shown cross-sectional associations between apathy severity and cognitive decline in these patients. So all those things considered, looking at the association between apathy and dementia uh, was just the next logical step. So your data has come from two quite large cohorts. Maybe you can tell us a little about these cohorts, uh, the participants included, and the assessments that were conducted. Absolutely. So the first cohort was the SCANS cohort. That was a UK-based cohort of about 120 participants with what we'd call moderate to severe small vessel disease. Uh, And all participants in SCANS needed to have symptoms of small vessel disease along with an MRI-confirmed lacunar infarct with confluent white matter hyperintensities. The other was the RUN-DMC cohort, which was collected from the Netherlands at Radboud University. Uh, Participants there were eligible for participation if they had any MRI marker of small vessel disease. So they didn't necessarily have to have an infarct like participants in scans. These inclusion criteria led to a larger cohort of about 350 participants uh, with milder disease compared to scans. As for the measures, so in scans, apathy and depression were assessed using the same scale, the geriatric depression scale. Although this was originally thought to only assess depression, recent research has shown that apathy items are also included on it. So we separated these two components on that measure. Uh, In RUN-DMC, we had apathy being assessed with the apathy evaluation scale and depression using the Center for Epidemiologic Studies depression scale. And it's important to note that both scans and RUN-DMC are longitudinal studies, so multiple assessments of apathy and depression have been taken over the years. Uh, However, as of now, only scans has been completed uh, and RUN-DMC is still ongoing. So because of this, we only looked at longitudinal changes in apathy and depression and the relation to dementia within scans. So, so fantastic acronyms for both of those uh, study cohorts. Um, maybe you can tell us about some of the key characteristics of the cohorts uh, you studied and, and indeed how their baseline data uh, predicted their future risk of dementia. Yeah, so I think I covered some of this in my previous answer already, but probably the most important difference between the cohorts, at least from our perspective, was the differing levels of disease severity. Uh, So again, participants in scans had moderate to severe small vessel disease, while those in RUN-DMC had a wider range of disease, but that was overall milder compared to scans. 
So these differences were important to us as we wanted to see if our results could generalize across a spectrum of participants with small vessel disease. Uh, so as to how the baseline data differed between participants who did and did not develop dementia, essentially we found that in both cohorts, participants who later developed dementia scored higher on apathy measures compared to those who had not. In contrast, there was no difference in depression scores between those individuals. So what we were essentially seeing was that individuals who had higher apathy scores tended to develop dementia in both cohorts. And I know that you performed some more detailed, uh, quite comprehensive analysis uh, using both univariate and multivariate techniques. So can you tell us about the key findings from the models you generated using both your cross-sectional and longitudinal data sets? Yeah, so those more comprehensive analyses were aimed at examining how dementia risk changed in relation to other variables. And we essentially used them to examine whether apathy would remain associated with dementia after controlling for other factors that might predict it, such as age and cognitive function. So we found that in both scans and run DMC, higher apathy was associated with a greater dementia risk cross-sectionally, even after controlling for important covariates uh, such as age and cognitive function, as I mentioned earlier. Furthermore, when examining apathy scores longitudinally in scans, we found that changes in apathy, which were measured annually over five years throughout the study, uh, were associated with a greater dementia risk. And in contrast to all of that, depression and change in depression was not significant in any of those models. So given all that information, um, what do you think are the important takeaway points regarding the neurobiology of apathy in those with um, cerebral uh, small vessel disease? And how do you see your findings uh, translating into a clinical setting? So I think the main takeaway of the study is that uh, symptoms of apathy in patients with small vessel disease one day may help identify those who are at risk of developing dementia another day. So I think it's important to stress that we don't necessarily think that apathy causes dementia, at least not in the majority of cases. Rather, we think that similar neurobiological mechanisms underlie apathy and cognitive decline. So one of our working hypotheses is that white matter network disconnection in central executive networks is responsible for both a loss of motivation and a decline in higher cognitive functions. If this is the case, then apathy may be indicative of damage to these networks in patients with small vessel disease. It could possibly even act as an early warning sign for dementia, which may be useful clinically. And I think that it's possible in the future, clinicians could possibly administer a brief apathy assessment to patients they believe may be at risk of developing dementia. And if the patient shows elevated apathy, particularly uh, over time, then this could perhaps be a signal to send them for more detailed neuropathological examinations or even possibly uh, early interventions. And so uh, some important uh, takeaways there, I think, in terms of uh, approaching our patients in the, in the clinic and what we can do to, to monitor uh, their future risk of dementia. Um, I want to thank Jonathan Tay for joining me on today's podcast and remind all our listeners that the paper in full is available uh, for download now at the JNMP website where you can read uh, much more uh, on this subject. So for now, thank you and see you next time.